Hello, everyone, and welcome to HY Dyslexia podcast, All Things Dyslexia. I'd like to welcome you all. And we are so grateful for the London Community Fund Awards for All for sponsoring this podcast that we have been funded to carry on producing podcasts for one year on all different topics. Today, we are speaking about dyslexia and panic disorders. Now, it will be a very interesting podcast because I yet to understand what panic disorder is. Apparently, there's a difference between a panic attack and a panic disorder. So this will be really great to hear our special guest, Yasmin Clark, who's a um, psycho, psychotherapist and mental health practitioner, who will be speaking to us and giving us a definition of what panic um, disorder is. Yasmin Clark is dyslexic herself. What a better person to have on our podcast than someone who has got a lived experience and who also worked within the mental health remit. So Yasmin has been on our podcast before and um, she's a psychotherapist, mental health practitioner. Yasmin has supported individuals with a wide range of psychological and mental health difficulties. Her values and clinical practice centre around an intersectional approach. Oh, said that word. Finally able to say that word correctly. I just find it such a mouthful. I don't want such a mouthful for me, but it is what it is. <laughs> she enjoys engaging in conferences regarding mental health in marginalised community i.e. black and ethnic minority groups, uh, LGBT community, and, and so forth. So, such a privilege to have you here today, Yasmin. Now, um, with as a dyslexic person myself, sometimes when I speak, I stumble on, across, uh, over words. I'm not too sure if I've said the right word. I may stop and say, um. So, during this podcast, there may be lots of arms and stuff stumbling across words, but that is part of my dyslexia. Before we move any further, my name is Elizabeth Tetchy. I'm the CEO and founder of HY Dyslexia. And um, yeah, we're here today to speak about dyslexia and panic disorder. Yasmin, welcome to HY Dyslexia podcast, All Things Dyslexia. How are you feeling today? Yes, oh, thank you for having me again. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to be speaking with you. And I'm good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yeah. Wonderful. Now tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do and why you're passionate to bring change. Yeah, so my background has always been in health and social care right from when I left school. Um, I decided to specialise in mental health because I do believe that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of supporting especially underrepresented communities with their mental health so I studied psychology um, and then psychotherapy I have a background as a mental health support worker and then I moved into more therapeutic counselling and I've worked in schools colleges universities And I work with all students, but at the moment, I specifically also work with students that identify as being an ethnic minority and working with them, talking about some of the barriers that they face, being a student at university, how that impacts their mental health and developing ways to to really support them, you know, and through their academic journey really so yeah yeah fantastic thank you so much now I'm going to dive straight into my first question can we have the definition between panic disorder and panic attack I know we're talking about dyslexia today but it is dyslexia and panic disorder so can you define the two for us yes 
so I'm not reading off an official definition or anything like that so yeah. I'll put it in um, more basic terms shall we say so you can have panic attacks without being diagnosed with a panic disorder and I'll go into this a little bit more so panic attacks are part of anxiety you can experience panic attacks with anxiety but they're not your main problem so panic disorder is when you experience panic attacks on a really regular frequent basis and they prevent you from doing whatever it is that you need to do and, and that's your main issue so some people might have that or some people might just have anxiety with panic attacks. So they might have a panic attack once a month or you know, once every six months, but that's not a panic disorder. A panic disorder is having you know, three, four of them a day and it really prevents you from doing what you need to do. Can you give us an example of what a panic disorder may seem like or may, may look like? Yes, so it's a really sudden onset of anxiety and it's very very intense um some people so I work with people that would describe having panic attacks as literally feeling like you're dying it can feel that intense like you're going crazy like the world is crashing down on you and it's very very physical so things like a pounding heart, really, really sweating, trembling and shaking, feeling like maybe you're choking, your muscles tensing up and feeling like you're going to be sick. Um, just you, you feel like you have no control at all. You feel kind of completely helpless, which is, you know, it's really quite scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listening to you, actually, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking it must be a really daunting experience for someone who um, have been diagnosed with this particular um, condition um, because I'm guessing people around you will probably not understand why, you know, pe- one is exhibiting those um, behaviours. Mm-hmm. However, um, if I can link to, for example, exam times, you know, you work within the education sector, you know, have you ever maybe seen or come across anyone who are experiencing these particular um panic disorder and how can one help the individual if they were in that position for example yeah definitely it's very common especially in higher education because there's often a step up um, in terms of the way you're tested and and what's expected of you from school and that is you know really really pressurizing Um, and we kind of experience panic in exams because our body literally sees the exam as a threat it sees it as danger and so when our body experiences that it thinks right okay I've got to try and protect myself I've got to try and do something to fight this so it then produces um, hormones like cortisol and adrenaline and then that is what brings on the physical symptoms of the panic attack that I just mentioned um, and obviously that's that's really really hard to control in the moment um, and I think as well with exams obviously they're not something to take lightly you know they're, they're really serious they can have long lasting effects like you say whether it's in you know uni or school for your grades to get onto a course whether it's at work to progress yourself in you know whatever sector you're in 
Um, and I think as well for people with dyslexia, and I think that's this is something that I can definitely relate to. Actually, we've had really negative experiences of exams in the past. And so that's not something we forget, you know, like some people that have been diagnosed later on in life, they didn't have the support that they needed to really do those exams to the best of their abilities. And that's been a really distressing experience for them. And obviously our body remembers that and thinks, I don't want to go through that again. So again, it, it tries to protect itself, which can bring on the panic. Um, yeah, and I, I touched on this in the anxiety podcast as well, that actually the education system and you know employment as well hasn't been designed for people with dyslexia or learning difficulties so to actually have to try and navigate that space a space that's not designed for you that can be really stressful it can be frustrating it can be really saddening um so yeah often exams don't allow people with dyslexia to perform to the best of their abilities or, or show their true talents which I think is a real shame to be honest um yeah so yeah yeah and I think for me I mean now as you were talking I, it kind of I was reflecting when I was at um at uni and it can be really daunting so looking back now I'm like if you know perhaps as a dyslexic person I should have probably been put into a separate room and then I could probably excel that way in what I've got to write. But I'm looking around me and I'm like, oh my goodness, they're all writing. And I'm sitting there thinking, right, okay, right, Elizabeth, how, how do you even spell that name in, for that day? And I think for my dyslexia, the worried I, the more worried I am, the worse the dyslexia becomes. Mm-hmm. Because then I can't focus on anything. Nothing else makes sense, you know? Um, so if anybody's listening, I just thought I'd share that little bit with them because I don't know if anybody else has gone through that, but... And if it is allowed, do you think universities will be able to give people that space to to be able to study or or do their exams? Yeah, well, it's so interesting that you should mention that because that is one of the things, um, it's one of the supports, I'm trying to think of the the word, for people with dyslexia at university, you can get a specialised student support plan and that can contain things like you said, you know, having... Um, um, not an isolated room but a more Mm. private room shall we say where you can do your exams and that's what I actually had in my third year after my diagnosis and that made the world a difference to me because like you say you know you're looking at everybody else writing you can't think straight and then you know the whole exam is just it just doesn't go the way you want it to at all um so I, I do know that it does happen, but obviously with COVID and the restrictions mm-hmm. and the kind of changes that are with exams at the moment, that is something that I would definitely recommend checking out with the disability practitioners um, at your university. Yeah. Thank you so much um, for that, um, Yasmin. That's really great. Such a beautiful conversation that we're going to have today around this topic, dyslexia and panic disorders. Do you think the two overlaps? Yes, definitely. And I think because of some of the reasons that we touched on. So 
for people with dyslexia, whether it is in education or in employment, you're often in an environment where you're being judged, you're being critiqued, your performance is, you know, always under scrutiny under scrutiny so that can be really pressurizing and if that's day in day out and we haven't developed ways of either managing with that or we don't have the support in place from our employer or from our university or school then actually that can come to a head and, and it can manifest in panic attacks if it's not addressed. So what are the strategies we can use that will enable us to deal with panic disorders as dyslexics? Yes so techniques for panic attacks and you know more generally panic disorder are what we call grounding techniques so these are things that help us regulate both our emotions and physical sensations in the moment so we're really trying to ground ourselves in the moment we're trying to soothe ourselves as opposed to those elevated levels of panic and there's so many resources out there that you can listen to, watch, read, you know, online about things that you can try. But things that work best, they're simple, they're straightforward, they don't have to be really elaborate or, you know, super complicated or anything like that. So have a look. Um, and, and there might already be some coping strategies that you use for stress that you can build on. So, for instance, if relaxing music is something that you listen to first thing in the morning or after work to kind of de-stress, then that might be something that you can build on and, and use when you are in that panic mode as well um, and adapt that as a grounding technique. There's there's common ones like muscle relaxation, calming imagery, literally just splashing cold water on your face. Um, there's deep breathing exercises. There's apps that you can use as well. And what I sometimes talk with students about is developing almost like a mental toolbox. So you've got those coping strategies that you can turn to when you are in panic. And if you try and think about them in terms of lines of defense, um, so that means choosing the different coping strategies that you're going to use and, and knowing what order they will be in. So for instance, you might say, okay, so my plan for panic is first, I'm just going to splash cold water on my face. Then I'm going to wrap myself in my blanket. Then I'm going to do my deep breathing exercises. So, so that way it kind of develops a more supportive plan to try and reduce the panic. Because I think sometimes, and this is really, really common, it's something that's so easy to do, but you might try something. So like a deep breathing exercise, it doesn't work. You give up feel more panicked you know it hasn't helped the situation at all and obviously that's not what we want so if you have those different things that you can choose and you go through them step by step like that um it can help you almost create more of a sense of security and you feel like you're taking control of the situation um because feeling helplessness and 
you know, not in control is really, really common. So kind of doing something in that way can be quite, quite beneficial, really. Yeah. Is there like, for example, any sort of links or any company or any sort of video to watch on YouTube or anything like that? that comes to your mind that we can share with our listeners by the end of this podcast? Is there anything that comes to mind? I wish that, I mean, there might be, but it's so simple. I've never really kind of looked at resources. So Mm -hmm. literally all it is, is step one, step two, step three, however many steps you'd like. And then the coping strategies that you'll do in that order. So, yeah, I think it's quite straightforward. And I know some people have that saved on their phone so they Mm -hmm. can refer to it or they have it, you know, in their wallet or on their on their wall in their room. Just a few steps that they can refer to Um, and, and saying those steps as well. You know, I will do this, then I will do that. And it's okay if that first thing doesn't work out because that's fine you'll move on to the next thing oh thank you so much for that Yasmin really really great I think you, I was actually going to ask you um a tip or um some kind of advice you can leave with our listeners uh, dealing with panic disorders but I think you've mentioned some of them already yeah so unless you've got people to share with us yeah I think two more maybe just briefly that I haven't covered I think that I haven't covered um but firstly I would say and I say this with any kind of mental health condition, especially panic, it's always really, really important to recognise the signs and symptoms of your panic disorder, because, you know, panic can build up in such a short amount of time, and it's not always easy to do that. So coping strategies are really important, but if you don't know when to use them, then they're not really going to be that effective. So get to know what are the signs of your panic? You know, are you starting to sweat? Do you start to tremble? Do you start to cry? You know, what is it? Um, So then you can be more proactive in, in acting on that. And also as well, and I think this is probably really important with panic, is to actually practice these coping strategies before you're in that panic mode. So, you know, maybe practice that deep breathing exercise just when you're calm, you know, when you've got time or practice that muscle relaxation technique on the evening, you know, when you are feeling better in yourself. So then when the time comes and you actually need to use that strategy, it's not something new. It's not something that you haven't used before. You know when to use it and you know how to use it. So, again, it will be um, more more um, effective in that way. Um, and, and yeah, I guess I've kind of focused on things that you can do for your own well-being and, and to be proactive. But as always, you know, especially with panic, don't try and cope with it alone. Don't try and struggle through these times alone. Do always seek professional advice and guidance. You know, do reach out to people, um, you know, whether that's the NHS, the charity sector, um, your university or school and wellbeing service. Um, your employment might have an employee assistance programme. Um, or, you know, if you're in the position to pay for private therapy, whatever it might be, don't let you know panic disorder really rule your life and prevent you from doing those things you want to do. 
Thank you so much, Yasmin. It's such a privilege to have you on our podcast today on um, dyslexia and panic disorder. Thank you for the two definition. I've never understood it that way. I just thought, I've, I've always been aware of the word panic attack. I didn't know about panic disorder. So it's great that you've actually, um, you know, defined the two for us and moving forward. And we're so grateful that, you know, you had the time to come today and, and share your knowledge with the dyslexia community, dyslexia community. I want to say thank you very much for your time. Thank you for everything that you do and um, supporting the students at um, your university. And um, thank you for being you, Yasmin. It's so, such a privilege, um, you know, having you on our podcast today. I'd also like to thank our listeners. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast, whatever you listen to them. And I'll also want to say a very big thank you to our Fundless Award for All. And I couldn't leave one person out, which is Yola, who produces these podcasts. It's always great, isn't it? It's the people that work in the background that makes it happen. You know, we don't really get to see them. But Yola, thank you so much for the, for the great and amazing work you do with, with the podcast. And um, just continue to be who you are. I just want to say, leave it all here and say thank you. We see you all next week, same time, same place, with a different topic. Bye-bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire All Things Dyslexia podcast is funded by Awards for All. It's presented by Elizabeth Tashi and produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions.